Hello everyone and welcome back yet again to another episode of the 100 series Everyday Awesome Podcast where we're talking to folks from all around the Quad Cities who are doing awesome and amazing things and this week I actually have a whole other group of podcasters who have agreed to hop on and share all the cool things we have going on here in the Quad Cities with their podcast. Uh, we have a lot of avid readers, a lot of avid lovers of horror. We have the folks of Dairy Public Radio joining us here on the podcast. Guys, how are you doing? Good. How about awesome. yourself? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so again, thank you guys for, for coming on to the podcast. I, th- I believe the first time I actually saw you guys was a couple couple years ago at one of the local uh, pop culture conventions at Midwest Monster Fest. You guys saw me, but we hadn't formally introduced ourselves. Josh, I know I've seen you around the entertainment scene here in the Quad Cities for a while. And I met Devin last year at one of my uh, horror shoots and then met CM earlier this year at another shoot. So I was I always thought what you guys are were doing with your podcast was really cool. I you know I love talking to people who love horror. And I was like, I need them on. I need to find out what they're doing, <laughs> how this whole thing came about. So I was like, let's do this. So before we, we get started formally, let's go ahead and just kind of just talk to us about who you guys are individually. And who is Josh Khan? Who is CM? Who is Devin? And uh, go ahead and give me the rundown. Oh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I, uh, well, I'm a new dad. So that is basically my description for my life right now. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, but up until this past year, I recently just retired after 10 years as the host of Bottoms Up Quad City Burlesque. Uh, I've been performing improv comedy in the Quad Cities for over a decade and uh, making short films and other entertainment stuff around here. And uh, now really focus on Dairy Public Radio. Nice. So I'm CM Alexander, and by day, I am a social worker and behavior analyst, and I work in Illinois for the school districts. And then by night, I am in a band with Devin and our friend Adam, and when I'm not doing any of those things, I'm just editing dairy stuff (laughs) constantly. I I love Stephen King, so doing Dairy Public Radio has been one of the highlights of my life the last couple of years. Nice. All right, Devin? Hi, my name is Devin Alexander, and uh, I'm primarily a musician and an enabler and <laughs> he's our, he's our studio a engineer. support person for <laughs> the, the wild things that these two get up to, and um, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a third host, Benjamin Graham. He is a local comedian and just a really fun guy. He couldn't be here with us today because of our our work schedule, his work schedule. Nice. So how did this all come about? How did you guys create Dairy Public Radio? So Ben and I went to college at Blackhawk together in the theater department. And we've been friends ever since. And uh, a few years ago, I had a podcast that I had just started doing with my best friend. And he heard that show and he was like, I've I have this idea for a podcast. I just, I basically want an excuse to read all of Stephen King's books all over again and do it as a podcast. 
And I was like, yeah, I, I'm in. Because uh, I've read far less than both Ben and CM as far as his books, but I love Stephen King. And I was like, if we're going to do this, I have somebody you have to meet. Uh, because CM and I had met a few years prior because Devin and I had done some movies together and just started hanging out a lot and I absorbed CM into my friends. <laughs> and she has all these amazing books in her studio here, all these first editions and signed editions. So I was like, this is this is a match made in heaven if we're going to do this. So we all had dinner one night and uh, I pitched the kind of premise for the show and what I was thinking. And the two of them were all in right away. And then we gave it a go. Nice. And how many episodes do you have up right now? We just released this past Sunday, I believe, our 127th. Wow. Episode, counting all of our bonus episodes. Yeah, our episodes proper were at like 80. We're in the, in the 90s. We're, I think, 93 comes out uh, mm, next. Mm-hmm. And what all goes into to putting an episode together? Obviously, you have the books you have to read. Then there's the analysis and all that and the discussion. So what all what all goes into to creating the perfect episode? So that's a, a lot of pre and post stuff on my end. I think we all have different ways that we prep individually, like how we how we do our notes and the format that we like to you know either read or listen to the book but we have a, a set schedule and we like to stick to the same sort of way of doing things on each of our episodes so that our listeners know what to expect each time and so we start off with our our fake news intro which is always something that ties into the book that we're covering and it's usually we try to make it a little bit funny and then we just launch right into the episode itself. And because our podcast style is that of a book club, we try to make sure that we cover plot points without getting too bogged down in it. So for a, a typical length Stephen King book, we probably spend three hour long episodes talking about it. And then if there's a movie, we'll cover that as an episode too. So we we try to cover plot points. So if a listener hasn't read that book, but they're still listening, they can still follow along and know what's going on. And if they want to read along with us, we tell them we're reading through this chapter or this page number, and they can do it like a book club with us. And so that's sort of the structure of the show. And uh, we record here in my studio with all of my books. You can only see like... 37 of my Stephen King books over here. I have <laughs> I have a seven foot tall bookshelf in the other corner with more books and then five other bookshelves in here that you can't see, but So yeah, hundreds I of lost, books. Yeah, I don't even know what I was saying because I just started looking at my books <laughs> and I'm totally lost. Books. That happens all the time. Um, so then after we record the episode, I edit it and that takes, you know, I, I like to edit, but I like to make it really polished and sound good because one thing I can't tolerate, which I sound like an asshole, but when you find a new podcast and you start listening to it and you're like, oh, these people seem so cool, but the audio is so terrible that I can't, I can't focus on what they're saying. So I just try to make sure that nobody hates anything except our personalities. <laughs> Hey, boy, definitely appreciate that. Put that, that extra effort in to the post-production. Post-production is in, it's in very important, especially myself being a creator. I know all about that audio. Audio issues is huge for me as well. 
So I really, I really appreciate that extra effort, that extra mile that you guys put in Thank you. into what you do. So like what, what books have you covered so far? Like a lot of big ones, like Shining, It. We initially started just covering the books that we wanted to cover. Mm-hmm. We started with Carrie as his first, cause we thought that that would be a good idea. And it's funny, we like never got into fights about what book because we all just are so excited about it and love reading all of them so much. And and we had a, an ongoing list and then I can't remember whose idea it was or if it was just sort of all of us kind of came up with it together, but we came up with a, a new way to select those books that I think works out really well and it makes all of us really happy. Yeah. We have a, on our Patreon, we have a tier that lets you select our next book. So that way any listener who is a fan of the show and thinks, man, I really wish they'd cover my favorite book. They can either sign up for a certain tier or make a one-time payment to Dairy. And then that book gets added to the next book on our list. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, a cool, it's a cool way to get, to get your fans involved yeah. in the yeah. process and everything. And it leads to some surprising selections. Very. Because yeah. we thought the first time anybody bought a book, we were 100% sure it was going to be it. Something massive, <laughs> which is what I would do. I mean, if yeah. I was paying for a book. <laughs> and the first book that was ever bought for Patreon was The Running Man, which is pretty short, crazy action. Uh, and it was just, it was not what I expected from uh, a viewer, uh, a listener selection. Yeah, we nope. had short stories too yeah and we're like are you sure <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so of all the books that have become movies of stephen king's which of those have you covered like the langoliers the was it the the, the mangler the thinner as well another one um thinner misery pet cemetery carrie, carrie. salem's lot uh, we also did over the summer, and we've done more than that too. And, and you guys can check out all the episodes that have adaptations on our our feed as well. But uh, one thing I really liked that we did last summer was we covered, or I don't know when it was, the new Stan miniseries. Yeah. In my mind, that was summer. Was that winter? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but we did an episode a week and just covered, you know, as they came out, we'd we'd watch them together and then record an episode and edit it and put it out within a few days and. That was that was a lot of fun and something we want to continue to do and maybe incorporate into our Patreon too for yeah. other series that are set in the universe or are a mini series adaptation of a book. Nice. And I guess I had to ask also is um where did you guys first get your love for horror in general, not just Stephen King, but for horror in general? Because as we were talking about earlier, said so you guys are also involved in a lot of other projects a lot of other horror themed projects as well so how did you guys all get your your love for the genre i believe i I trace it back to the original halloween series uh a friend of mine it was a, a sleepover in grade school and he had the halloween movies and michael myers became my favorite slasher villain ever and i just became obsessed with those movies and then I started going to the video store in Milan where I lived and 
every weekend would just rent as many I'd like have to talk my mom into letting me rent all these horror movies but i was very very fond of slashers i was a big slasher fan nice i love slashers too slashers are it's the uh, i think the thing that's great about slashers is that they are comfortable kind of horror you really know what you're gonna get in a slasher <laughs> mm-hmm. and you don't have to get too bogged down and i'm also just a giant fan of a high body count it not even just in horror like in anything if it's got a high body count uh, i love it it's great so when i was little my dad would rent scary movies because he loves horror and sometimes against his better judgment he would let me watch them and I would always have nightmares, but it didn't bother me. I mean, I would be scared and the nightmares would kind of stick with me. And I'd do weird things at night, like to hide from the monsters. <laughs> but it never deterred me from watching. And I remember one time I was uh, with my dad for the weekend. We were at my aunt and uncle's house and my cousins and I were all playing. And I knew they were watching a horror movie and he wouldn't let me see this one. And I think it's because we were with family and he was like pretending that he didn't let me watch <laughs> scary movie so I was not about that and I snuck downstairs and I caught a glimpse I don't know if this was like my first real horror moment but it's the first solid memory I have of it and of course it was Pinhead from Hellraiser and I remember seeing that and as a, as a really little kid I had never seen anything like that before and I was like this is fucked I, I'm sorry can I say that go ahead Okay, well, I guess it's too late because we're streaming. But <laughs> it, it, he was so scary and amazing, amazing looking, and just not what I anticipated seeing at all. And I was just obsessed with the idea of horror ever since then. I didn't really have a lot of people to investigate that with, and then fortunately, you know, I met Devin, and we've been dating for a while, and, and married, and everything. And he's sort of expanded my love of horror just because that camaraderie of no one gives you a weird look, and you don't, you know, scare off potential dates, and <laughs> and he's expanded my love of horror to Italian '70s movies too. Go, Devin. What was the question? Your introduction into horror. Um, my primary introduction into horror was probably Dawn of the Dead. Um, I remember family video was just down the street from here, and and like Friday night would be like after school we'd go rent a couple movies. Um, and I was I was always into like I think the first movie memory I have is of the original Predator. Uh, and I was born two years before that movie came out. So I was at most, two, or at, at least two years old when I first <laughs> saw Predator. Um, but I, I I saw the cover of Dawn of the Dead like a million times. And our family video had a different cover than, than the one that you would look up on the internet. It was like an alternate cover. So I didn't realize that it was George Romero or something. Anyway, so I ended up renting that. I had seen other horror movies, but I ended up renting that one. And that was the one that kind of just kind of like, just blew my mind wide open and I was like, oh my God, this is my jam. So I, I, I have probably seen Dawn of the Dead like a hundred times just from, you know, high school through college. Um, it was sort of my put it on and just let it roll movie. Um, but the internet really helped CM and I get into a broader category of horror. Like I think it was like as recently as like 
you know, 2010 or something, uh, mm -hmm. YouTube has a lot of people on it um, that do horror movie things. And the, the one that most influenced me is, is named, uh, I think he goes by Cinemasochist. Um, his name's Peter Gajic and he's in uh, Canada. And um, he had like 120 videos of just things I'd never heard of. And so I started investigating all these things because he was putting together really good movies. And that sort of single-handedly in the last in the last 10 or 15 years sort of just went and just mm -hmm. expanded my horror my horror knowledge drastically and then i sort of passed that on to cm and uh but dawn of the dead and and cinemasochist are pretty much the two <laughs> primary drivers of my love of horror nice yeah, I love how it seems like we've all like got into horror like when we were really little kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I which I thought was really really interesting because yeah, I was I was introduced to like all those same slasher movies, you know, Friday the thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like seven, eight years old. And like I watched them with my my parents and like they were totally cool with it. And you know, then from there it was the scream movies and then after that it became like the Saw movies from like the early two thousands. And uh, that's really where like my my interest really really grew was watching those movies, and um, I really I just watched those Fear Street movies that came out earlier this summer. Thought those were really cool. Yeah, really good. And I I totally love it. And, and I've been doing these um slasher themed horror shoots these the last couple of years now for my my own brand, and people really seem to love those. So I definitely definitely love have I love that I added. You know this little horror aspect to what what I do because like I learned from a lot of my friends like who really were in a horror as well that I didn't think were would be into it. So it's it's a really it, it is a really cool way to really bring people together uh, with this love for the genre. That's a fantastic community to be a part of for sure. So you know, kind of talks me run me through like how when you first started your podcast is different from where you are now because as you said you know more than 100 episodes in now uh, surely you've learned a few things from when you first started to where you are now so kind of talk to me about like some of those differences between then and now this is interesting it's an interesting question because our podcast from the very first episode we sat down and planned everything and put a lot of thought into the structure and what we wanted people to get out of it and what we wanted to get out of it ourselves as well. And so overall, like if you go back and you listen to our very first episodes, which are the Carrie books, there's three episodes yep. for that. If you go back and listen to that and then you listen to our most recent episode, the structure is all the same. The only thing that's really different is that in, initially in the beginning, because people, of course, had no idea who we were, we tried to be a little more serious. But now, of course, after so many episodes, you have all of these in-podcast jokes and these connections with listeners and these little callbacks that we make throughout our episodes that you know someone starting off might not get unless they've been listening the whole time. And I think that's the biggest change, just the evolution of our camaraderie with one another and with our fans that infuses just these little, I guess I call them like bits yeah. into all of our episodes. And my favorite part though, is something that Josh does. So I edit and he listens just because after editing for so many hours, if something is off, I, my brain might not be able to recognize that. So a fresh set of ears are really helpful and he'll pull together 
um, elements from the episode to create a, a really cool description that probably nobody notices because, you know, when I listen to podcasts, I just click through them. I don't always read what the podcasters write is in the episode, but ours are usually hilarious. <laughs> I and, try. Yeah, yeah. He, you do a good job. And he'll find an episode title for it that is a callback to something one of us said that was just so dumb in the episode. <laughs> Well, it's uh, the the titles of our episode. Actually, that even started in episode one, because uh, in episode one, we're, you know, discussing that uh, Ben brought up that the uh, he has this theory that every book or movie, anything should be named after the best line in the movie. Uh, and I believe the example was... Um, you the ba- the you've got mail should be called uh, hello it's Mr Nasty, <laughs> and so that's the title of episode one of our podcast is Harry Part One Hello it's Mr Nasty, and so every episode is just either either my favorite thing we said, or something that out of context to me is the best line that 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 we say is what the episode title is called, and we've gotten. Different things like um, one of the biggest differences now is that uh, early on the those radio intros at the top used to when we very first started Ben wrote them and the three of us rotated each episode we would take turns doing them and that now I've taken over writing those I took those that over before the end of the first year mm-hmm. and now we've just kind of gotten to the point where CM we'll do a majority of them, but if we find a in-story reason, like we have this uh, canon of what exists in the dairy public radio world, and so sometimes if it's a long book, for instance, The Stand, The Stand is six episodes, so there were six radio intros, so we told a mini-story in those six intros. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's, that's been really fun to do. And they're really they're like fifteen seconds long at most. Yeah, I they're think. very they're really short. short. So I I'm always curious what people think of those because I if it's one of those weird things that probably means so much to us, you know, and we put a lot of thought into them and we're just tickled by how they always come out and I just want people to Yeah, to get bored <laughs> of that. And how about what have you guys done to really like expand your guys's brand and your podcast. I know you guys like to do a lot of short films as well uh, to really promote what you guys are doing. Like when did all that all come about that part, that, that whole aspect. That started when we realized that not our parents were listening <laughs> to the show. Cause when we started this, it was no, no intention of doing anything big. It really was just an excuse to talk Stephen King with other people who love Stephen King. And if other people listened, that'd be awesome. And then we would slowly start, we'd start sharing it out on Stephen King fan pages on Facebook or Reddit or any other place that has that kind of community. And slowly we built this listenership until one day we got an email from uh, one of our fans who still sends us emails almost every episode, uh, Spanky, he's from Australia, and sends us his thoughts on stuff. And then we have other fans, uh, Bryant Burnett, who started listening to us. Uh, he has a Google alert for Stephen King on his stuff. And so he found us day one and has been listening since day one. 
and so we found this slowly start building this community and it's just been like all right people actually care about what we're doing they like our chemistry they like how we interact let's build on that let's make that uh, something that draws people in so we started doing some live streams so that people aren't just hearing us talk about Stephen King books. They can jump on, they can talk to us about anything they want. We just watched uh, house, uh, the 1986 horror movie and had uh, a good dozen people on that chat, you know, talking to us, not just about what was happening in the movie, but about horror stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and only two of them were our parents. Yeah. Only- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's, big thing about pushing how we've been able to push the brand is pushing that uh word of mouth that sense of community and really making sure we engage with our fans the most important thing is we try to respond to every single message we get Mm -hmm. because i think that's so important when you have a passion project like this that is so tied into community that you know people reach out to you they want to hear a response so yeah we respond to every email try to respond to every post and just you know keep that conversation going we're playing the long game too because we're really hesitant to become part of a network and there are a lot of really great local podcasters out there who have their own networks and are, are amazing and would very kindly welcome us but we're still I know we've been doing it for three years, but it still feels like there's more we can do on our end alone first. And so, you know, thing that I like about our shows is that we don't have commercial interruptions ever during anything. And when we do get sponsors, we're like, it's going to go in the outro because that's how we do it. And I'm sorry, you know, if you don't like that, I guess that's fine. We'll part ways. But people listen to our outros because we try to include interesting things in those as well. And so that it will get listened to, but we don't want our fans to, I get so annoyed when I'm listening to a podcast and in the middle of a sentence that the host is saying, because they just insert, you know, commercials wherever usually they get cut off by a commercial. I'm like, Oh man, (laughs) that it kills the momentum. Um, So everything we do is word of mouth. Like we don't have, connections or a big network to help us out so we're just plugging away and hoping that after so long after having so many episodes we'll continue to build that momentum up that way yeah i like how you mentioned the whole part about the ads and like or sometimes like they'll be talking or they'll like to do like some kind of a like cute transition mm-hmm. into like their their paid sponsorship They're like hey you know what I don't like shaving, but you know who does? And then they'll go into like their whole Dollar Shave Club uh, spiel and all that stuff. And it's like, what? (laughs) I mean, to be clear, if you offered me a buttload of money to put an ad randomly in the middle of whatever I was saying, I would do it. (laughs) But it'd have to be a lot. Yeah, I'm ready to sell out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do, or worse though, when when they try to do it organically, as though they're going to trick us into <laughs> that that it's not a paid sponsorship. Oh man, yeah, I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos where like they'll be like talking about you know a show or like it's it's like this, this show that talks about like Marvel breakdowns. Uh, you know, they break down the TV shows and the movies and all that, and then out of nowhere, the guy will like do like some weird like segue. And to talking about um, NordVPN. I'm like, what? 
But uh, yeah, but recently you guys also uh, kind of switching topics here. Uh, you mentioned your live streams like that you do. I know like the first one that I tuned into, you were live streaming the Resident Evil Village game that just came out, which yeah. I thought was really cool that, that you guys did that. Um, what was that experience like? Because I, I watched it on my end uh, uh, through Twitch, but what was it like for you guys getting all that set up and everything? Uh, it was scary. Exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> we had never done uh, we'd never done a full game live stream before. I think that was the first live stream we ever did. It was like eight hours or something. Oh no, it wasn't that wasn't our first live stream. We'd done uh, pumpkin carving oh, and some yeah. other like simple live streams. But this was the first time we'd ever Twitch live streamed and yeah it was just not knowing the the technology perfectly uh but luckily we had devin who would tweak everything that was going on as we did it uh and then we came up with the where you could see us in the living room and you could see us spread out but uh you know where it was behind the scenes is we all basically knew if you're sitting in this chair, this is your job. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting in here, your job is to play the game and to interact. If you're if you're sitting over in this chair, it means you're watching the live stream, watching the chat log. If you're in this seat, it means you're the one responsible for getting drinks and making snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of prep on the other end because we want it to seem as professional and as flawless mm -hmm. as possible. So we put a lot of work in that pre-production to make sure that we don't, I guess, break character or break momentum in the stream to address anything. We like to be all set. Mm -hmm. Nice. Do you think you'll be doing more of those type of type of streams? Those like let's play type streams. Yes. Every month we're gonna do either a, a watch party or gameplay. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually we've been in talking with uh, with Devin because Devin has been he's done live shows with us. He's been on a few episodes. And so our fan base is getting more familiar with him, but we talked about him taking kind of the forefront of our Twitch gaming so that the our audience can interact with us, but also get to know him a little bit more and kind of build that, uh, that side part of the brand. But I definitely, there are definitely gaming marathons in the works in the future because it's just such a blast. <laughs> It is, and um, you know, obviously this is on Twitch right now, but I'm also like doing like my own let's plays here and there on Twitch, and it's a cool, it's a cool way to like really engage with people, to engage with the community, you know, through you know through gaming, you know, no less. And like, I, like I'm still trying to navigate, you know, Twitch and see exactly how it will like really fit into what I do. But yeah, I'm loving just playing around and you know looking at all the different. You know, softwares you can use to to stream from. Like I'm still navigating OBS. I'm still, you know, navigating through Zoom, which is how I'm doing it now. And not, and I also have the the new, uh, you know, the PlayStation. You know, their 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 whole setup is completely different too, which is also convenient, but also like kind of limits you. So it's really cool just seeing like all the different ways that you can you know utilize all this technology. Yeah. And all the cool ways that you can draw your your watchers and your listeners in too as well because we're for, so for ours we had posted we had these drink recipes that we kind of made up that represented different things in the stream like we had um, red herb blue herb and green herb drinks and so we're trying to get people if they wanted to drink and if not you know they could make non-alcoholics or drink something else but 
you know, we're going to, in this phase of the gameplay, we're drinking this herb drink and just trying to find fun ways to make it engaging for people. Yeah, I think the the audience has the most fun when they can see you having the most fun, which is actually how we ended up doing Resident Evil 8 in the first place. Uh, Devin and I had spent an evening and I did a one hour speed run of Resident Evil 3, the remake. Because uh, I just, I play the Resident Evil games into the ground, unlock everything, do all that stuff. And we just had such a blast doing it that when 8 came out, I was like, I have a lot of passion for this. Let's translate that into sharing that with our audience and all of us just dive in and have a great time. And people responded to it. Nice. Very cool. And I think you might have mentioned this too on stream, but you know, since your podcast is all about Stephen King, which Stephen King novel do you think would make a really good video game? Oh, that's a great <laughs> question. There are a few Stephen King video games that exist. They are difficult to get a hold of to play because they're just really old and you have to download like special software and have certain equipment to play them. I can't remember which movies they are based off of. The one that we really want to get our hands on is, is The Dark Half. The Dark Half yeah. point-and-click game is out there, and I really want to play it. There's a Dark Half and the Running Man, I think. Dark Half, Running Man, mm -hmm. Lawnmower Man, which is terrible. It'd have to be Misery. So if we're just talking books, because usually it's a movie that they're made out of, it'd have to be Misery, and it would be a love story. <laughs> That's about... the worst kind of game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that uh, a really fun game would be to do a uh, video game version of The Stand. Because you can add in all the survival horror elements. You have a large cast of people with different, you know, uh, talents and abilities to spread around the map of the United States to bring everybody together in Colorado. I think there'd be a lot of cool elements you could uh, turn into a game there. Insomnia would be a good one, too, because you have that sort of otherworldly thing that's very prevalent in that and you could do a lot visually with those elements and it'd be sort of like a, I could see that one being more like a puzzle game. Not enough good puzzle games. Mm -mm. I love a good puzzle <laughs> game. I know. Yeah. They don't really do a whole lot of, them. I know the Resident Evil games, they have like certain puzzle elements in them. Like the last village game had a really, had a really cool puzzle in that one. But yeah, they've really like kind of like, dialed down like how many puzzles they usually have in those games which usually can like really i usually end up looking them up online how to solve them because they're not good did you ever play the saw video game uh no i i no no i didn't i, I know about it i know what you're talking it's, about but i never i never got my hands on it really good just because it is it's a game that really gets the pace of survival horror like if you go if like you can't run through that game because there's broken glass on the ground that'll trip you up there are sensors that'll make your head explode so you it, the game forces you to take a slow pace and give you time limits on uh great puzzles i i really that is also on my list of games i want to stream uh, cuz i i loved it nice oh oh portal i think it's also good yeah. Um, yeah. Puzzle game. Portal's a great game. Nice. 
So what do you guys have coming up uh, in the future with Dairy Public Radio? Any cool projects you have, you're working on, anything like that? Oh, just a little project that you were in. <laughs> I didn't know if you were talking about it or not, so I didn't want to bring it up. By the end of the day today, we should have our final cut of our Dairy Public Radio short that we did with Ian Clink. He is a teacher and a filmmaker. We interviewed uh, about a year ago or so. He made the dollar baby, the man who would not shake hands. And he was our first dollar baby interview. So he holds a special place in our heart as our dollar baby alum. And he, we've just kept in touch with him because we had an amazing time talking to him and he loves horror too. And, you know, all kinds of horror. So we could really talk about the whole genre, not just Stephen King. And he asked us if we wanted to do a project with him. So he very kindly donated his time to us and, filmed this short it's going to be about eight minutes long and it's very much it's it's a love letter from us to Stephen King but primarily to our fans so it is if if you're not familiar with us or haven't listened to us you would watch it and probably be like oh yeah that's cool but if you're a listener then you're going to be like oh my gosh and, and notice all these little things that we've put into it all these details and in fun bits. So that is uh, the most exciting thing we have coming up. I think project wise, we're going to be at the Midwest monster fest this weekend, which I don't know when this episode will come out, but the first weekend it's live right now. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. That's right. I keep forgetting. (laughs) Um, And then uh, we're going to, unless uh, they close the borders again, we're going to Canada for the Northern fan con in at the end of September. Yep. And Prince George Canada at the end of September. Nice. So speaking of the Midwest Monster Fest, is, are there any uh, guests coming through that you're definitely you know, wanting to get a picture with or anything like that? Oh, we are 100% ga- <laughs> getting the photo op with the cast from Haunt. Nice. We saw that that full cast list was co- that three of the killers were going to be there. And, uh, and we haven't released it, but we have an interview with Justin Markson uh, coming up and he played the clown in Haunt. And so we just, we're like, yeah, let's get a photo up mm-hmm. with them. We loved the movie, so let's make this happen. Nice. Do you think that'll be something you'll, you'll, you'll do down the road with the, your podcast is bringing on like some of these actors from some of these, some of the Stephen King movies at all? That is, that's the hope. We, uh, we interviewed Andrew McCarthy, mm-hmm. who was the, he played the lead in Kingdom Hospital, which at the very start of the COVID pandemic, that was kind of our answer to keep producing content while being socially distant. We watched that 13 episode series and released weekly with guests. And at the end of it, we contacted Andrew McCarthy and he was so kind and so generous to come on and talk to us. Uh, but yeah, we've, uh, we've definitely have kind of a list of people that we have seen in Stephen King movies one or more times that uh, we want to start reaching out to and see if they'll come on mm-hmm. and chat with us. And I, oh, I don't want to give this away. So I'm going to say, follow our Patreon because I'll give it away soon. But we recently interviewed a very special person in the horror community who, in his own right, is amazing, is also connected to the Stephen King universe as well. And that's going to be coming out in October. Uh, but I will, we'll be releasing it a little early on our Patreon yep. for our, our fans. 
Nice little plug there. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And CM, yeah, you were also you were involved in the little Resident Evil thing we did last week, actually, too, that I'm slowly going to be rolling out those photos as well. Um, if you don't know, CM was nice enough to uh, dress up as Claire Redfield from Resident Evil 2. So we went out and we did a little shoot here in East Moline. I found a, found a nice little backdrop that worked perfectly for what we were doing. So we will be you know, releasing those photos as well through September, which is the anniversary of the Raccoon City incident was in September. So I had to, had to put it all together. <laughs> That's perfect. No, I think you were nice enough to let me dress up and do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and yeah, and I was like surprised with like like how much you were willing to do. Like, see, yeah, we over here was asking to like crawl under objects and stuff and climb things, and I'm like, that's awesome and stuff. But I don't want anyone to get hurt, and I don't want to get sued. <laughs> I, know, I I just got dirty and I got some spiders on me, and I sort of made my legs sore jumping off something. But I think that's <laughs> the funnest part. <laughs> so true. So true. Every- and I appreciate you doing that again. And Devin's also going to be in another horror thing that I have coming up, uh, part of the whole slasher series I was doing, Slash Academy, the part three in that. So he'll be featured heavily in that project as well. That will be dropping September 27th. A little plug for myself there. So, <laughs> But uh, I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, we love to immerse ourselves in the horror community in any way we can. If somebody's doing photos or a movie or anything, we're just like, ooh, ooh, can we can we somehow help? Like, if not be in it, can we just, like, watch? And if you need something, go get it for you. Nice. Cool. So, like, what type of, like, tips or pieces of advice would you give to people who are interested in starting up their own type, type of podcast? Like, what type of things do you think that they should be aware of, you know, when getting started? We've been asked quite a few times. Um, the advice I always give, because Josh and I, we sort of have different approaches to it because our roles are different in it. He's really handles all of the social media and, and marketing and everything. And I do all of the editing and all of that. But when we very first started, I thought that I was going to have my husband who has a studio in our basement, do all of our editing. And I I don't know what happened, but I we did our first episode and I got really possessive over it. Like I got the bug. It's like, I want to edit. So I, knowing nothing about sound or sound engineering, I just started watching YouTube videos to learn everything I could. You know, I, I use a Mac and I use Logic. So learning everything I could about how that works and what makes a space sound good um, for our podcast in general. For me personally, I really focused on when I'm listening to podcasts, which I do like constantly, 24-7, what do they do that I love? What keeps me listening? And what things do they do that I don't love so much or I would want to change or do differently? And I feel like that gave me such a great foundation of I know for sure that I, I want this. I want to give our fans this and, and make sure that these things are priority when we're recording and editing and building ourselves up. My advice that I usually give to someone is uh, first know what the point is. There are sometimes people will just want to launch a podcast because that's the thing to do. And it can turn into a, just a meandering mess. And 
in order to build a listenership, they have to come to expect some sort of consistency. So I'm really adamant about knowing, know your brand, know what you bring to the table and make sure what you're bringing to the table is something that isn't already out there 800 times. And yeah, it, and the other big thing is to not go live right away. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many times that when you have a release schedule, like we do bi-weekly. So every other Sunday, we drop an episode of our show because trying to do a weekly show would destroy CM's entire life with editing. Well, we're, we're reading the book, and, so it just it takes yeah. me longer. <laughs> and we'd have to have, our job would have to be reading these books in order to have these discussions. So we've stuck to that every other week. Some people, I've seen friends try to start a podcast and say that we're going to release weekly and they put it out right away and then something happens and they miss a week. And it's amazing what missing a week can do to your momentum if your listeners are expecting something. So just, you know, I have, have a few episodes in the backlog before you yes. ever put your first one. And research too, which... Josh, you didn't say directly, but definitely is part of that because I know you, I didn't do this because it's like, I'll accidentally steal everything. I just can't do it. But Josh was kind enough on our behalf to listen to the other Stephen King podcasts because we wanted to, to be respectful and not do the exact same thing that they were doing or accidentally, you know, mimic them or take any of their ideas. And so we've worked really hard on making Dairy Public Radio different something you can enjoy enjoy along with whatever other Stephen King podcast you're currently listening to or any other horror podcast good stuff now is there anything else that you want to get out there to the public anything that you definitely feel that they need to know before we wrap things up here um one of the things that we get asked a lot is if uh, for people who are interested in picking up the show and checking it out, but you know maybe don't want to start at the very beginning, they a lot of people ask us what our favorite episodes to just if you're going to jump around um, because you don't need to read the book in order to enjoy the episode. It just helps. It, it might increase your enjoyment to read along with us. Uh, so I always recommend the Long Walk series. Misery, uh, Needful Things, Pet Cemetery, and Pet Cemetery are like the, the top four of my personal favorites that I always recommend to people. So if you're looking for a place to jump in and you mm -hmm. want a recommendation, those are your recommendations. And in, our episodes are definitely spoilery because we, like I said, we talk about plot points and we we go for, dive deeper than that too. We basically talk about the the message in the book the the meaning that we get from it if it is still applicable today what it meant at the time it was written so you know the morals of it but it, it's interesting to hear from fans because some are like i refuse to listen to the episodes for the books i haven't read because they they want to have read them some read with us and like they'll pause when we pause and then pick it back up and then others will just listen to everything and they don't care if if they've read the book or if they're familiar with the story. So it's, that's what I like about it. Cause it, everybody, no matter what your style can enjoy it in some way. Nice. And how can people find you online? If they want to look you up, you can search for dairy public radio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, 
We also release our show on YouTube. If there's no video, it's just the audio with a, a logo, but it was requested that we show up there. Uh, and you can email us at dairypublicradio at gmail.com, or you can jump over to our Patreon, Patreon slash dairypublicradio, see the tiers we have uh, that will send you some merch and stuff uh, for, for signing up and supporting us. I know I'm not supposed to say this, but you can sign up and get all the stuff. You can download all of our extra content and then you can cancel the next month. Yeah. We physically can't stop. <laughs> we you. can't stop you and yeah. we won't judge you. <laughs> and uh, to cruise over to our Etsy shop, search dairy public radio on Etsy. There's specifically dairy public radio merch, but there's also some generic, just Stephen King fandom merch mm -hmm. that you can check out. There you go, people. You have everything from social media to the podcast world to Etsy. I didn't even know you guys had that. That's awesome. So you, they are literally everywhere. So definitely take some time to look them up, give them a subscription on their podcast, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, you know, wherever it is you choose to go, you know, definitely go ahead and give them a subscribe a subscription and it'll definitely will help them out in the long run. You know, check out their Patreon as well. As you heard, they have a lot of extra features on there, a lot of a lot of cool little you know, tidbits and you know, trinkets and everything. So definitely still support them, you know, wherever you can. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> no problem. Uh, thank you guys for coming on board here. The, appreciate you guys, appreciate everything that you guys are doing and keep up the good work. Absolutely, man. Same to you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, thank you. And everybody at home checking us out, whether it's through Twitch, whether it's you know, through the video, whether it's audio form. Thank you for checking out another episode of the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. Stay followed to us online, 100 underscore series on Instagram, on Twitch. Uh, follow us on Facebook slash 100 Series. We're just about everywhere as well. So thank you all again for checking us out. Wishing you all peace, prosperity, and positivity. Take care of yourselves. And as always, keep it 100.